from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. This is episode 264. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and I got my extreme family with me today because we're talking about a very special show near and dear to my heart, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, and that's any company. I'm not just talking ECW, but like you know what we do every Wednesday, we go back in time and talk about ECW, and tonight is no different because we're talking about ECW Heat Wave 1998. And I had to get an extreme panel. So let me introduce you to my co-host for the day. We got the South Philly Psycho representing Top Rope Wrestling Talk, the D-O-M, Dom in the building. What's good, man? What is up, fellas? Yeah, I I don't know if y'all watched the live stream, but as soon as Mike said Heat Wave 98, if I was a dog, my ears would have perked up. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, let's fucking go. (laughs) Word. And... I'm also joined by my fellow Circle of Debate co-host, the director, Chris Kennedy, representing Fake Destroyed, by the way. 
check out 47 sure. and also check out our interview with the extreme legend bill alfonso what up chris i am stoked to be back i if i could choose any company to cover past present or future it would just be this if you were like mm -hmm. aew tomorrow or ecw yesterday i'd probably still pick this hell yeah i mean so yeah. I'm, I'm so <laughs> this is like the most fun i have all week is talking ecw so i'm glad that you guys are here I appreciate you guys being here. But before we get into the show, i got to give a quick shout-out to my sponsors at Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com, put in the promo code DeLorean, capital D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N, for 20% off site-wide, no matter what it is. Get the weed whacker, the lawnmower, the, the, the fucking ball deodorant. 20% off, no matter what it is, Manscaped.com. Yeah, body wash keeps me looking young, and I'm an old fuck. <laughs> Use the promo. I've nicked a ball or two with the traditional blade, so I can't go back to those anymore. No, yeah. I mean, with, with the lawnmower, yeah, right? like a yeah. whole new world. Oh, I felt that when he said it. Mm. Oh. Okay, I'm good. Let's go. Um, <laughs> let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about ECW Heat Wave 1998. Like I said, one of my favorite ECW shows of all time. Um, something that really stood out to me about this show was it was no filler, all killer because usually and Chris, you were on the last time we did the ECW, I believe it was Russell Palooza in 1998. There was a lot of filler matches until you got to like the main, like meat and potatoes of the card here. We just start out with banger after banger after fucking banger. And it was like no rest. So I thought that this was a hell of a card. What did you guys think about the card overall before we get into the show? Yeah, that's one thing I did notice was that there was only one and a half backstage segment. Well, I mean, I wouldn't count the – so the New Jack in the parking lot, which was awesome in front of the fans, kind of itself was a, was a match. I wouldn't consider that like a filler segment. Um, and then we had no. the, one of the best RVD promos of all time. And then like a little mini Taz, Bad, Bad Bam Bigelow history montage. But that was it. After that, they just kept chucking them out. Like everybody was standing behind the curtain ready to go out. And they just kept, like you said – Pumping the matches out one after another. Most definitely. Shout oh, out. We live? Oh, shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, we live. <laughs> Damn right, we live. <laughs> we live, live baby. What about All right. <laughs> Appreciate you being here, homie. Dom, what did you think about the card? I, I mean, you're absolutely right. There was no piss break whatsoever. Like, I can, <laughs> I can remember watching this live in 98 and waiting for like a backstage segment because my bathroom was like right off the living room. So I would just sit there and listen while I was taking a piss and run back. <laughs> but it was great, honestly. Uh, and and no offense to it, but it felt like this card and this whole pay-per-view was brought to you by the Powerbomb. I swear to God, guys, if you don't believe me, go back and watch. If you take a shot for every Powerbomb on this card, you will need to go to the hospital within three hours. Yeah, you'll be Sandman by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you might be beyond Sandman. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. There was a whole lot of power bombs, and we're gonna talk about that too. So let's get right into it. ECW Heat Wave 1998 started out. Well, first we're in Dayton, Ohio, the Harrow Arena Pack Show. I believe at this point this might be the largest crowd in ECW history. It looked like a WWE venue. So it was they, I think uh, Styles mentioned they were pushing the four thousand. I don't know if that was capacity for the arena at the time, but yeah, right now it says. I got the wiki pulled up, so I'm on it. 4,400 was the attendance. And definitely, let's yeah, see what the capacity is for that arena. Because I don't, I don't know anything about like sports arenas. So I don't even know if this is like a college ball or anything. 
Yeah, if I remember uh, correctly, at that point, fifty-five hundred permanent seats. Yeah, they oh were about a thousand less than uh, full capacity, which for ECW, huge feather. Yeah, yep. up to that point, I think their biggest crowd was maybe twenty-five hundred people. Probably, I believe that was the one at uh, the Golden Dome in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, yep. yeah, this was definitely like doubling their largest crowd, which was awesome. Uh, like every ECW show, Joey Styles welcomes us to the show, and then he brings out his co-host for the night, the franchise Shane Douglas, and the head cheerleader, the Queen of Extreme, Francine, who's also a friend of the show. So shout out to Francine. Yes. My queen, your grace. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, her grace. Absolutely. Most definitely. First match of the show, we have Just Incredible versus Jerry Lynn. These two have been going at it all summer. This is the finals of the summer series between Just Incredible and Jerry Lynn. I believe they're two and two apiece at this point. And I did not expect this to be the opening matchup, but boy, did they go at it. I believe they got like near 20 minutes. Amazing, amazing matchup. Uh, Just Incredible gets the victory with a top rope. That's incredible. I, I really enjoy this matchup. I think that both these guys are not only underrated, but I believe I said this, I believe on one of the shows I did with you, Dom, that... Everybody goes to the Jerry Lynn Rob Van Dam feud when they think about Jerry Lynn in ECW. Mm -hmm. I feel like just as good was Jerry Lynn and Just Incredible. They had Absolutely. such a great feud, great chemistry, and this matchup was probably one of their best. So, what did you think about this opening matchup? Man, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, even going into it, if you think about it, Joey never mentions what the series is at because it wasn't about that. And, and the ironic part is the last time I came on the show, we were doing hardcore TV when the summer series started. I believe it was the first match. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. now I'm here for the finish. And every match leading through was just tremendous. This capped it off beautifully. And it wasn't about who won the series. It was literally Paul sitting in the back with these two because they had just kind of, you know, gotten the door at ECW and saying, who wants the spot? Go out there and prove it. And by the end of this series, Paul knew like both these guys deserve a spot at the top of the card. And personally, being where I'm at and where I'm, I, I love that Justin finished him off with it. That's incredible from the top rope. Yeah, for sure. Chris? I'm noticing on the wiki, the card for the night, we didn't see it on the Peacock, I'm assuming, was that tag match between the Chair Swinging Freaks and FBI. Did I just get cut for any reason from the replay? Was it too violent, or because um, this is listed? Was that a pre-show match? I think I'm it was like it was. a. I'm thinking it was. I think it was a dark match leading into. It, the it was a dark match. Okay, because okay. I do remember watching it, but like I was now I'm looking back. I'm like, oh, I didn't get to see that, so I hope I didn't miss. Yeah, because I I watched it on something that's not Peacock, and it that match wasn't even on there. Did you see okay. it in its original form with like the original music? I wish. Because I was, <laughs> if you watched it on, you gotta send me the fucking link because it, if I had it, I'd be sending it, dude. I, I miss the original music so bad. If Tony Khan bought AEW, all that shit would have the original music in it. Because he's a billionaire and a fan, he would have paid for it all. Yeah. Dude, that's a so lot of billion. Back to the just incredible Jerry Lynn match. I'm just gonna say it right now. This was match of the night. This was of amazing display of actual wrestling as well as some hardcore and interference. This kind of had the best of everything ECW had to offer. And it proved that Jerry Lynn, um, no, the just incredible wasn't just a hardcore uh, Singapore cane tombstone and motherfucker. He could actually wrestle. And against mm -hmm. Jerry Lynn, you have to go. Um, yeah. Jerry Lynn doesn't 
slow down at all, especially no. with his experience at that age. He was only a technical wrestler in ECW. Obviously, he made reference to the RBD matches that were months ahead of this, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is easily matched the night um, just right off the bat. And the interference was clever enough. It wasn't my favorite version of the Impact players. Obviously, Lance Storm and Jazz have yet to debut in this group, but this version was still up to antics. Justin still got the win. And I do want to clarify that it was a that's incredible from the middle rope because that's where Justin's feet were planted. So I'm going to say top because I'm from top rope and Joey said top rope. All right. well, I, can't argue with, I can't argue with Joey Styles at all. Um, I will never. I love that Shane Douglas also was the color guy for this. Um, yeah. Which most of the show, actually. The entire show. Um, yeah. I, yeah, just no, I, I, just, I mean, I watched it literally like I just run out and you could always tell a wrestler <laughs> uh, isn't great at commentating because they just kind of can't call moves. You always hear like when Vince McMahon was doing it, it's always hyperbole. It's like, oh, that was an outstanding maneuver that he hit him with. That that was just mm-hmm. a top rope. That act that he hit, there was a cool thing that he did. I can't believe he got away with that that encounter. You're just like, you know, yeah, there was a lot of what a maneuver. Yeah. So I was like, does Shane not know the names of these moves, or is it just because he's just not in the color position enough to like call it? No. But he did a great job of playing the. He played the. This was literally the point. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was, I was like, this say, was literally the point because we we brought it up when I came on with Mike last night. This was literally the point where Shane was finally too beat up to go, but he wouldn't just stay home, so he decided to come out with Francine and do color. Like people ask me, even this week, uh, one of the guys in Top Rope on Facebook continuously asked, "Who's the MVP of ECW?" All you know, overall, and a lot of people say Taz. A lot of people say Tommy Dreamer. I'm going with the franchise every fucking time. Every fucking time. This man does not throw down that NWA title. We don't have an ECW. If he's not the franchise, there is no ECW. So you can talk about Tommy. You can talk about whatever. But it all started with that man right there. He was the first to really shoot on other companies. Mm -hmm. uh, Openly talking shit on Shawn Michaels while Shawn had heavyweight titles. Dick Mm -hmm. while they were still on. And Ric Flair while Ric Flair was running around with the world championship. So Shane was definitely the first to really break the pipe bomb wall down um, long before CM Punk was even a close. Oh, know, yeah. Close that yeah. Or whatever CM Punk wanted to Absolutely. Down. That whole NWA title throwdown promo, that was like wrestling's first pipe bomb right there. I always say, like, if you look at, like, the early stages of the game Triple H, that's totally the franchise Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. The promos, the... The hat, even he had the fucking triple H. The Kango hat, hat which Shane was rocking a, at the pay per view. Video I watched. I watched a video that made that point very clear to me, and I was like, "God damn it, that is it." Yeah. So yeah, the beard, the the back, the hair comb back, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, that that was definitely taken from Shane. <laughs> Shane had Francine. Triple H has China. You know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and also Nicole Bass might as well be called Russia because she's twice. She's the size bigger than China. <laughs> Great line by Joey Styles. I love you, Joey. Come back to wrestling. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But also, like, I, I um I've seen many ECW pay-per-views, and I, like I said, like it always feels like they start out with like a filler match, the the feel-good 
FBI versus BWO tag match or something. Mm-hmm. This is the first time where I see like ECW's pay-per-view start off with a matchup like this, like a real banger. And Absolutely. they were off to the fucking fences after because next up, we have a match that is about like eight months in the making. Lance Storm and Chris Candido. Former... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tag team partners. Um, Lance Storm was in the triple threat, wins the tag team champions with uh, Chris Candido. Chris Candido and the triple threat turned their back on Lance Storm, but they're still the tag team champions. So now they're the tag team champions who hate each other and can't get along, but they never could face each other. Finally, they dropped those titles to Van Dam and Sabu, and we finally get the grudge match after eight months, like I said. Lance Storm and Candido, great matchup. These guys, once again, just like we said about the opening matchup, these guys are so fucking good and so underrated. Uh, I thought it was really cool that we got to see Tammy here too because she wasn't making many appearances on ECW, but really good chemistry between Candido and Storm. 
what did you think about this match, Chris? Second best match of the night, <laughs> right off the bat. You know, <laughs> right off the second batter up. Um, there's a theme that we'll get into like over the course of this card, uh, but it, it goes from great technical wrestling, and it. I don't want to say it disrespectfully deteriorates, but I think that was deliberate. <laughs> Those are the stories that are told. Um, but this match definitely was, I mean, these guys can go as well. Technical wrestlers, no gimmick. Chris Candido really trying to shed everything you know him as, as Skip from the Body Donnas. As, mm. uh, Except Sonny, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sonny. He's, he's even himself trying to come out of the, the Sonny shadow, pun intended, or not intended, I guess, where... She doesn't really show up that much, but we know he's with her. There's illusions mm-hmm. that, you know, she might want when it's Storm. That's kind of a subplot to this whole thing. Um, but she doesn't, she's not there, like, all the time. She makes cameos, essentially, because she is kind of in this era spinning her roles as Sunny with the Legion of Doom 2000. Um, so her showing up, I think we talked about Palooza, even being mentioned was almost hearsay. <clears throat> and she wouldn't get booed like traditional, you know, WWF wrestlers would. If anyone else came down from up north during this era, they would have been booed out of the freaking building. If that was, yeah. and not the knows Jerry the King AOL. was, that's for sure. Yeah. That was Sable, or uh, maybe not Luna, but like anyone else at the time who was up north as a female icon, she would have been just not even welcomed into the building. So good to see yeah. Tam getting accepted. I love that. Um, well, did he throw a bag of cocaine at his face? Was that what that was? <laughs> Was that a two thousand dollars? It did come from Sunny, so the chances are, you know, <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. I won't get anybody sued. Allegedly, it it, yeah. it, it could have been oh. definitely a fucker. You ever finished the unknown powdery white substance in the face of Storm? Um, it was supposed to go into Storm. It backfired. Went into Candido. Got super kicked. I think that was the finish, right? So Lance wins the feud, essentially. No. The finish was actually the 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 blonde bombshell. The the, the, the blonde bombshell. Okay. You you, you okay, forgot so about the part it. where Candido was blinded and the refs got a hold of, of yeah, and he swung and, and, and Candido rolls the referee up and the dress breaks. Oh yeah, yeah. and Sunny shows her sunnies, you know. Yeah, and we all get a nice sunny day. Ninety-eight sunny was. <laughs> thing to remember <laughs> for, for sure, sure. <laughs> yeah but that didn't end i mean i don't want to spoil future events but that doesn't end the feud does it is this the last of this because lance obviously goes on to impact players triple threat doesn't have much long after that <laughs> it damn sure is it damn sure is cocaine is a hell of a drug <laughs> it's so good we That's lost nice. mike yeah no worries it's all good do you recall if this was close to the end of the feud between the two? Um, this was actually, I believe, the end because next we yeah, have the Impact players. So this is probably like the last match, and then soon after, Lance Storm is off to WCW, and Candido yeah. is off to WCW as well. So, Dom, what did you think right. about this match? Man, it was it was extremely nice to go back to a time that like. Sonny was kind of relevant and it was it was nice to see something that belonged on OnlyFans, even if it was back then. You know, you don't want to look at it now. I, any of any of you paying for that right now, I feel for you. But back then. 
Good Lord. Outside of that, the match was amazing. Like Chris said, it, it started out technical. I'm not going to say deteriorated. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use what we use on top rope. It, it eventually will derail into something a little more hardcore. The only thing that I, I had my moment on was that suplex that Storm hits on Candido going out of the ring. And Candido looks like he catches the back of his head and neck on the apron. And, yeah. just, and, and so for a second, even go back to watch it, I didn't remember that spot. And when I saw it, I went, oh, and Candido jumps right back up. I'm like, oh, thank God. The other yeah. thing that stuck out outside of being an amazing match was, you know, obviously when Candido comes in, he's got the, the headgear on. And he does his little dog face gremlin impression and Sonny jumps on his back. And they talk about his ear being reattached. Yeah. And I, for the life of me, cannot remember if that was a work or a goddamn shoot. Because once that shit came off, it looked perfect. <laughs> yeah. They mentioned the plastic surgeon he went to. So that could have been like a, a deus machina to get away with how good it looked. So I yeah, have no it idea. It could have been, but I cannot I, I wanna say it was a work, but I can't, you know, considering it was twenty-four fucking years ago, Jesus I'm old. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a work because yeah, it looked like perfect after that. It looked like there was not a goddamn thing wrong with him. And they were talking about a month ago it, it got ripped off on a rolling thunder from Sabu and RBD. Yeah. And I was like, really? Really? <laughs> I mean, what was the definition of, like, was it completely detached or was it just yeah. a tear? According to Joey, he had to have it reattached by a plastic surgeon. That's, that's verbatim. You have to go back and watch that event and because that that would bleed. You would know for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Blood. Absolutely. That would gush. <laughs> it just ripped off. The... Now... We were supposed to get a weapons matchup between Jack Victory and New Jack, but we got footage from pre-show where New Jack is hanging out with the fans, cutting out a promo backstage, well, not backstage, in the parking lot, and Jack Victory confronts him. They get into a little brawl, and then a car pulls up, and it's the fucking Dudleys. And the Dudleys it's just... Eight. It's Those eight. damn Dudleys. <laughs> Those damn Dudleys. Who, by the way, also cut a hell of a promo on this show, too. Like that mm -hmm. line that Bubba Ray says, uh, Tommy Dreamer, you could give your soul to Jesus, but your ass, because your ass belongs to us. <laughs> Amazing fucking line, like underrated. But yeah, so Absolutely. the Dudleys and Jack Victory take out New Jack. And that's what we think is the last we see of New Jack. We'll talk about that later on. But then we go right into one of my favorite feuds in ECW history. Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka. This was a fucking banger of a matchup. Um, anybody who knows Tanaka and Mike Awesome know every time that these guys stepped into the ring with each other, it was fucking magic, and they would just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. Whether it's power bombs with reckless intent, just dropping people on their heads, whether it's Big just shot. <laughs> shots to the unprotected chair shots to the face. Uh, talk about a fucking strong style. Like These two beat the shit out of each other. Um, really cool to see Masato Tanaka get the win over Mike Awesome because I feel like every time these guys wrestled, Mike Awesome was always getting the victory. So it was cool to see Tanaka get the win here. But I thought that this was a fucking crazy-ass matchup. So, Dom, what did you think? Yeah, if you think about it, at this point, that's two in a row for Tanaka because he had one on ECW television, then he had one at the pay-per-view. But these two, I would trade tapes to get their matches in FMW back in the day. 
because I watched the ECW matches and just lose my mind. They had, it had everything. There was there was strong style. There was hardcore. These guys are flying. They're getting technical. All of it just blew you the fuck away. Like out of these first three matches, one of them is probably my favorite, and I can't tell you which one because they were all. It was just like De Niro said. Like Tim always said, just banger after banger after banger. Yeah. And if anybody ever asked me to describe Masato Tanaka because they hadn't seen him, I would literally just put it this simply. He he looked like Taz body-wise and had the mentality of Sabu. This man did not give a fuck. He would hurt himself to hurt you. There are times in every one of these matches with Mike Awesome, like this one, where Mike Awesome just cocks back and full-on nails Masato Tanaka in the head with a chair, bends the chair. He doesn't put his hands up, nothing. Looks at Mike Awesome and smiles. Or does that, ah! <laughs> If that's not suicidal, I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> and Mike Awesome, on the other hand, like, God, talk about a guy who was, under, who was underappreciated in his time. I mean, this guy... At one point, does a springboard into the crowd better than Sabu does from the t- from the middle of the top rope, and he's two hundred and ninety pounds, six foot six. He like. gets the air on a splash that like RVD does on a five star, and outweighs him by sixty pounds. Yeah, this guy was amazing. I still to this day believe if Mike Awesome stayed in ECW, they're not folding. He he was a money star, and that's why like I feel like his run in WCW as that seventies guy was oh. the biggest piece of shit ever. Like Mike Awesome might be one of my favorite ECW wrestlers of all time. Like his body of work is just insane, and he was only there for such a short time period. But the shit that he did in that time period was so impactful yeah. that he has to go down as one of the best ECW champions of all fucking time. You know what I mean? Even that, even that tope over the top rope beats the shit out of the Undertaker's at WrestleMania. Go watch both. Tell me I'm wrong. The man had had everything, and and as much as people want to defend Vince Russo, I look at the '70s guy and go, "You can't, you you can't defend him in my mind," because he took a guy that was that talented and turned him into that, like Disco Inferno on steroids. Oh, goody. <sighs> That's a good point, but Chris, what did you match? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he. he, Who's next? Who's go ahead, Um, man? You're good. He 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 defied logic. Uh, These guys wrestled at least twice in ECW. I don't know how many times outside. I know they had a history before they came over. Um, when I watched this today, when I texted you, and I was like, I just yelled at the TV, was because I forgot that. Spoiler alert: Mike Awesome lost to this match. I forgot Tanaka ever Tanaka ever got one over on him yeah. um, before the heavyweight title match that was much mm-hmm. you know the trios match later down the line. I don't understand how he was so he was not only agile but fearless in his in his air. Undertaker always looks a little bit hesitant to pull off big moves like that. Like yeah. he looks scared to do old school. Where Ike Awesome was the human lawn dart at that age. I mean, not even human lawn dart, just a human lawn missile. Um, yeah, and taking like I mean, a- they both. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say he was like a three hundred pound cruiserweight. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and the fact that like he even would take the power bomb to the outside through the table with all of that mm. weight ab- above him coming down right on here. him. Yeah, <laughs> I, 
I, I was used to Tanaka taking it because Tanaka had taken it a lot and he would prep it, mm -hmm. you know, and the table would be far out enough where the distance traveled, he'd be able to land pseudo flat. But on this mm -hmm. one, if you watch, it's straight. It's down. all head and neck. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's all out of the arena. It was at the ringside. So yeah, the dude defied gravity. And this is definitely like a legends match for sure. Like you could put this on like a top ten list of any kind of either ECW, nineties wrestling, modern wrestling, hardcore, whatever list you want to put it on, it will fit mm -hmm. anywhere on them. This right. is honestly like one of my top five feuds of all time in all of wrestling, right here. Nah, yeah, me too. Like people sleep on it so much, but it's like damn, every single time, like they actually had, I believe, like. 30 fucking matches against each other. There's not one time where I was like, oh, well, this is getting boring. It's the same fucking match. Yeah, oh, this is whacker. That one was lame. Never. Yeah. <laughs> they always beat the shit out of each other. Like, I, I look at it kind of like, um, like every time Benoit or Benoit and Guerrero got into the ring with each other, like it was never boring. You know, every time Mysterio and Psychosis got into the ring with each other, it was not a boring matchup, even though they wrestled like 30 fucking times. It was always fun. But mm -hmm. talking about fun matches, I couldn't wait. All right, so I started this whole journey with ECW doing the shows like for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast about two years ago. Right. And I could not wait to get to this fucking show just for this matchup right here because <laughs> my favorite ECW matchup of all time is Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Jinsei Suzaki and Hayabusa. Hayabusa. I am... One of the biggest Hayabusa fans I know. Like, I fucking loved FW. <laughs> I loved Hayabusa. Jinsei Shizaki, I always thought was so underrated, especially when he was in WWE as Hakushi. Like, I always thought that he could have been so much more. And my favorite tag team in ECW history has always been Rob Van Dam and Sabu. This matchup was a fucking dream matchup. And I, what can I say? Like, by far, in my opinion, match of the night, best ECW matchup of all time. I loved it. Like, every time I say that, people are like, oh, you're fucking crazy. What about Born to be Wired? What about uh, Tommy Dreamer and Raven? What about Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn? I understand those are great. But personally, this tag match takes it. Especially, I love, love, love that finish with the double uh, leg drops onto both uh, competitors, onto the table at the same time. It was, like, perfect the way they set it up. They both jumped at the same time, landed at the same time. It's a perfect and I see them try that move before, and it sometimes like they don't do it at the same time, and it looks a little clunky and weird. This was perfect, and I thought that you couldn't get better than this matchup. I loved it. So, Chris, what did you think? Yeah, this is definitely the quintessential RBD Sabu versus guys who almost invented their style on their own over in Japan, especially Hayabusa, who just his attire and wrestling style alone has been emulated by so many people. Um, mm -hmm. I forget the gentleman's name in CZW, the African-American gentleman with the mask who dressed like him. Anybody? Um, oh. Uh, it was a big deal. Not suicide. What was his name? Anyway. No. Um, fuck. Um, dressed fuck. just like him. CCW I know well, just recently, a homage to him, uh, Will Ospreay came out dressed up as Hayabusa, which was yeah. really awesome. But yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. I, I think I know who you're talking about, too, and I'm trying to I'll, I'll figure it out eventually, probably after this. But yeah, uh, those guys were super inspirational. I think even um, what was did Shinsaki had a different. He was in WWF earlier. This yeah, he was, uh, yeah, as uh, Hakushi. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So like, he would never get to wrestle like this down there or up there. So him getting to wrestle his style plus Hayabusa, who practically invented that style, um, he was the first to do like four fifties and power bombs like this. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Create the Phoenix Splash. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Phoenix Splash. One of the most impossible. I don't understand the physics behind that. And you got guys like Wallen <laughs> doing it and landing on their feet. I'm like, what the fuck? How do you even watch? Greg, Greg <laughs> Lucene is up in this. Um, the double table splash. It was put in the intro and highlights for years to come. They yeah. re-edited the ECW intro to include that splash. So it is an iconic spot. Finishes yeah. the match. You also work in the dynamic of who wants the glory. How did they get the glory? RVD is taking credit for everything that they've accomplished. You saw at the end that RVD had the pin and Sabu threw him off and took the pin from him. And RVD's like, what the fuck, bro? This was mine. And that was the dynamic these guys had the entirety of their tag team career. And I, I loved watching moments where you would subtly see them kind of go at it, even over a win, even whoever got you, you both won. But even who got the actual <laughs> who got the pin, it didn't matter. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was so so much going on in this that was just classic RBD Sabu Ibusa Shinzaki like quintessential tag team match, maybe the best tag match in East history. Couldn't agree more, Dom. Yeah, it's hard to argue that it was definitely one of the greatest, if not the greatest, tag match in ECW history, easily. Um, it, it was it was so amazing to go back and watch this 
and even till and even all these years later realize here's four guys completely ahead of their time completely like if you watch shinzake at one point pulls a kick that aj styles was probably watching as he started his career and turned into the pele a year before yeah. aj even debuts he does that prayer walk that puts the undertaker to shame like literally walks across three quarters if not the entire fucking ring on the top rope it's unbelievable hayabusa like you said with the with the phoenix splash but even the you can call it the 450 you can call it the store the stardust press i mean these moves were breathtaking you know like seeing that seeing the seeing rvd with the five star back then these moves were just breathtaking to watch i'm amazed shinzaki didn't get to be a bigger name in the united states and it's a shame what happened to hayabusa in the coming years in M- in in fmw because he was on his way to being maybe one of the best to ever do it and then one day, all of a sudden, he just couldn't walk. It was like, oh. <laughs> like, people talk about, you know, guys like Magnum TA all the time, and their career is getting cut short. Hayabusa is just as tragic. Menace. That's the gentleman I was thinking of from CCW. Menace. Okay. God. Dressed like Hayabusa. I just had to find out. I'm like, I'm not making this up. But, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh, I knew you weren't making it up. I just couldn't think of the name, and I'm sitting here wrecking my yeah, brain. Right. Wrecking my brain. <laughs> But no, sorry, go ahead. Just, was, uh, no, no, you're 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 fine. But it's just like you know, see, seeing this kind of stuff in '98, and then you look at the business today, and now everybody's trying to do it. But ECW had guys from day one that were just absolutely ahead of their time. Even before they switched to Extreme, they had Two Cold Scorpio in the building, and that man wrestled the way everyone does today in early 1990 something. Drop the bomb on him. Right. You want to talk about like the physics behind dropping the bomb? I don't even get that either. It's like a moonsault with an extra twist and a leg drop in between. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and talk about, and he was not a small guy. He, he was a big guy. He was agile, which yeah. brings me to the next matchup. Like I said, all filler. I mean, all killer, no filler. The None. next matchup, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz. This has been built up for a long time. Last time we seen him, Living Dangerously, 1998. Bam Bam puts Taz through the fucking ring. We all seen it. Amazing spot. This is the rematch. I feel like every episode of ECW Hardcore TV since then has these two guys brawling. Dom, if I'm not mistaken, you were on... We we talked about like four episodes in between these two time periods. And each Mm -hmm. one of those four episodes... These two were brawling. Bam Bam. Um... Great matchup. They brawled all over the fucking Harrow Arena. And then I thought it was a really cool spot to have them go through the ramp because, you know, everyone thinks about them going through the ring. Of course, going through the ring was more iconic, but I love the little ramp spot. Even though it looked like they went through paper, it was still fucking awesome. Okay. Okay. I was actually going to ask that question, was the ramp spot too much after the ring spot? But okay, you answered my question. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really cool also that Taz 
got the victory here. Because if you remember, Bam Bam beat him at Living Dangerously. So Taz gets the victory here, which sets Taz up perfectly to finally get his shot at the world title, Shane Douglas. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, amazing, amazing co-main event. I honestly, though, I would have put this last because yeah. I thought that this had more of a build. And we'll talk about why I wasn't such a big fan of the main event next. But this definitely had the feel of the ending of the show main event. So what did you think, Dom? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, if this was main event, I I, I couldn't be mad at it. It felt like this was definitely that that go-home kind of moment. Like, all right, folks, we'll see you later. You know, just done. But we had another match after this. It's it's hard to follow up something that's this, like, smash mouth. And even that's an understatement. You know, I mean, it, it, even at the time, it felt like, the franchise was on on the verge of a stroke on commentary every time Taz got the upper hand. Yeah, and the thing really that is. I loved about these two in particular was like Bam Bam is a huge star in wrestling at this point, like at, across the globe. Yeah. Taz is a huge star in ECW. But when they go to Asbury Park, New Jersey, Taz has no problem letting Bam Bam go over. And then when they come to this pay-per-view, Bam Bam has no problem letting Taz pick him up and throw him around, even though he's 100 pounds heavier, putting him through the ramp, getting him to tap out on the on the apron. That was the kind of thing that made ECW so unique, was that when these guys came in, they weren't worried about themselves. They were worried about ECW. It wasn't about their egos. It's what's going to work for the company. Like getting Taz over so and and giving the franchise time because at this point I think he had had the the surgery on the elbow and he was recuperating from it. Giving the franchise time, putting Taz over so they could get that match down the line was all that anybody was thinking about, including Bam Bam, who is an international star and by the way should be in the Hall of Fame at this fucking point. What are we waiting for? Fucking shit! Hell he wrestled yeah. Terrell Owens at WrestleMania, I think. Right? He wrestled it's Lawrence Taylor, Taylor at WrestleMania. Taylor. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> My bad. That, that's there, there There's an old school one, I think, and then like a new school one. But I don't know about yeah. that, but I know he wrestled LT. That's for damn that's sure what, at WrestleMania. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. That should be enough right there to get in the Hall of Fame. The man is an icon of wrestling, and, and one of the WWE best. owns ECW. So between that and this, how is this man not in the Hall of Fame? I, the best big man, the most agile big man. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's crazy to think. Like, how could you not recognize this? Never had, like, there was no scandals. There was no problems with Vince. Like, we understand mm. why, like, you know, the, the rumors why Macho Man, it took so long for him. We understood why it took so long for, like, Ultimate Warrior. But, like, what's holding Bam Bam? Bam? Like, the fuck did Bam Bam do? <laughs> I never, now, granted, when he was in wrestling, we didn't have the access that we have. In this day and age, we didn't have people who pretended to report news to you on social media. We would just see what was going on, and every now and then you'd catch something or you'd hear something here and there. But you never heard about Bam Bam starting any shit, getting into any trouble, having heat in the locker room. If anything, he was beloved by the guys that he worked with, and he and his body of work. I don't care if it's WWE, ECW, WCW, overseas, screams Hall of Fame. And he's not there. Yeah. If you can Earlier, explain that to me, you're a better man than I am. 
earlier, I even put it, it should be in the Hall of Fame, I believe, for Hayabusa. This comment here's another one as well. For sure. We put so, we put Bam Bam Bigelow in the Hall of Hardcore, by the way. If you oh, saw yeah, that but we, we, we put like everybody. So we, 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 went put like, like we put like 25 people. people from 20 years of wrestling. It's really not that bad. Yeah. And if you look at our picks, you can't argue on any of them. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, the only thing I would change is I don't think we put the same man in. The same man is first ballot, but so. we didn't. Yeah, that's wild. We, we, we nah, put fuck him. <laughs> speaking of the same man, look at it. I'm, I'm the man with these fucking segues. Like, speaking of, the same <laughs> speaking <man>. of which, <laughs> main event, we had the Dudley boys, including all three members Bubba Ray, Devon, and Big Dick Dudley versus Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley. And going into this, I expected a fucking a grudge match. I expected just nonstop brawling, hardcore, just Tommy Dreamer seeking revenge because the buildup to this matchup, the Dudley boys break Beulah McGillicuddy's neck. Yeah. They even and had the little video hearts. where they showed it in slow-mo and Tommy's handcuffed, like, screaming in slow-mo. No! And we haven't <laughs> seen Tommy Dreamer... Yeah, and we we didn't see Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman since they broke Beulah McGillicuddy's ah, neck. So I expect Tommy Dreamer to want to come out here and fucking murder the Dudley boys. But we get the Dudley boys and Tommy Dreamer trading holes. We get uh, sunset flips, pins into what's called reversals with Tommy Dreamer and Devon. And yeah, I as much as I love the way the matchup picked up and became like a big hardcore brawl, I thought that it just didn't make sense. Like why would Tommy dreamer want to go fucking exchange wrestling holds with the Dudley boys when they broke his girl's neck? Like yeah. Tommy dreamer should have went out there and just fucking just wanted to kill. Like that's the only thing. Like I, I thought that it's like he read my notes because <laughs> <laughs> I literally put nothing screams vengeance for Beulah's broken neck, like trading sunset flips. <laughs> Fuck! Now, like it did eventually break down. I love the fact that we go back to what happened earlier in the night with uh, Jack Victory and New Jack, and then we get the yeah. weapons matchup in the end here with uh, Victory and New Jack joining this matchup. But still, it's like I, I just think that the psychology of trying to have a wrestling matchup that eventually goes into a hardcore brawl, it, it would work any other time, but not when the storyline is we broke your girl's neck. And then not only that, there was a a video package of the Dudley boys on two weeks ago on the hardcore TV mm-hmm. where Beulah McGillicuddy, they, they had a blow up doll with Beulah McGillicuddy's face on it in an mm-hmm. ambulance. And they're fucking dry humping it saying, this is what we think of Beulah McGillicuddy. Like why the fuck is Simon Dreamer doing fucking wrist locks on these guys? Like why, is not- flips and shit. why are they tagging for starters? It's ECW. Why are you tagging in and out? Why are there people on the apron? This is not a, a match. This is a blood war. This is supposed to be Tommy coming for revenge. Yeah. We've got tags in and out. We've got sunset flips. Like, I, I know Chris and I have brought up, like, eventually these technical matches derailed into something else. This should have been a hardcore war, and it derailed into a match. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was the opposite. It derailed into a wrestling. Yes. What happened? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, shit. one time, Paul. That's all we needed. One big fucking hardcore brawl, and, and we get this. This is well, why I it shouldn't have been say, the main event. <laughs> yeah, though I do want to say I did like the visual of 
the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, Spike, and New Jack on the ladders to end the show, and everyone's doing their pose. Well, the three that. of them were, were and Spike was barely Spike was standing, funny. like leaning against New Jack's ladder, like bloody and everything. And, and I do really like the spot because um, I like the spot where the they had four members of the Dudley Boys in the Tree of Woe, and the referee, I believe it was uh, Jim Molino, who hits oh. the, uh, the drop kick into Jeff Jones because. You had Jeff Jones constantly interfering in matches at this time period, being a heel referee, constantly ruining matches, constantly taking out Jim Molino, constantly taking out uh, John Finnegan. So I thought it was really cool that you had even some revenge for the referees. So that was a cool spot. But besides that, Tommy Jimmer should have came out with a fucking knife and just started stabbing. Yeah, like, <laughs> they broke the girl's neck. You know what I mean? They right. broke the girl's neck. But anyway. How- how amazingly forgiving is Beulah? Because they're still married today, and he pulled that shit. If that was my wife, I'm divorced. Straight <laughs> up. And my wife loves – I love my wife to death. She loves me back. But if that was me trading Sunset Flips after somebody broke her neck, she's gone. Fuck you. That would be the equivalent of, like, if this was, like, real life, right? And someone broke, like, my girl's neck. That would be the equivalent of me going up to them and be like, all right, so let's talk about this. What happened? Like, you right? know what I mean? No, no, that ain't gonna happen. No, what what, what, what what's my last name? Psycho. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> what are you saying, Chris? I was saying, like, you were saying, like, with some brace for wife's neck. This is the equivalent of going up to them and saying, like, what did she say first? Yeah. What, what made you do that? Yeah, it's like, like I, I, it's like Bill Burr has this unbelievably like, terribly. It's a, it's a terrible bit because it's so good and it's unfortunate that it sounds sexist. But he says, no, I don't condone hitting women. I want to know what they what? said first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seen that. Like, that <laughs> I, I yeah, was just about to finish that. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the match equivalent of that joke. Yeah, basically. Well, even at one point, I think when uh, oh god, I can't remember her name, but the cove, but the blonde from the Impact play from Justin's Click gets Tombstone. Joey says like, oh, oh, I'm not saying she should. I'm not saying she deserved it. I'm saying she had it coming after all this stuff she was pulling. <laughs> yeah, she's been asking like, oh, for it. Yeah, oh, Joey, yeah. Joey, that that, Joey that was, Joey didn't was, age well, bruh. <laughs> overall, Joey was pretty pretty out of form because there was no color guy yet for him at all. It was usually no. him and sometimes Paul Heyman in the basement. He had not yet had Joel Gertner by his side, so he in this one definitely was like, I mean, he made some tit jokes. He obviously got mm-hmm. the motorboat for singing. He condoned chastity. Yeah, right. So, like, yeah, there was some rare Joey style. Like, the whole thing where he said, um, I'm not going to put over the Dudley boys because, frankly, they're just a bunch of bastards. I was like, Joey Styles coming in hot, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) Like, the street trash they are. I'm like, damn, Joey. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, wrestling is supposed to make you feel something. And and clearly, Joey's Uh, in his field. So, there is that. JBL a couple of years later. So like, there's a lot about Joey. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even that yeah. Joey pipe bomb on the way out the door from WWE. <laughs> you want to talk about pipe bombs? Joey's leaving. Yeah. Oh, now he's a that general was. manager of the management shop. I think something like that. He needs to get back <laughs> on a table somewhere. I don't care where. I'll watch. <laughs> yeah. I always say like he would be awesome in AEW if AEW yes. brought him like to do like Rampage or something. He would be fucking phenomenal. Yes, but back to the show, Chris. What did you but, think about the main event? 
Yeah, the story from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Wrexham. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with the Disney Bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. Mine itself didn't resolve itself because of, like you said, there was no, my wife's almost dead vengeance going on in this. And there was too many, there was too many inner feuds. Um, Spike Dudley always was the antithesis, was always the little, you know, if there was a Dudley Boys match, he was involved in it. Uh, there was very few matches Spike Dudley had that did not involve him going up against his bigger brothers. Uh, hmm. The Jack victory thing with New Jack had nothing to do. I mean, it kind of did, but not really with the Beulah thing. And at the end of the day, it was New Jack saving the day, but not even for Beulah, but for himself because of what Jack Victory had done to him in the parking lot and previous to this yeah. pay-per-view. So the story of the Beulah vengeance, it didn't really matter. There was none of there was no justice for Beulah. I wish there was. I can go back in time and have a sign and hold that up. Yeah, no justice about, for Beulah. Yeah, this is more about just it started with Beulah, but ended with New Jack getting his vengeance on just. Anybody who mm-hmm. is in the building, like mm-hmm. it didn't. Like, and, and there's Tommy doing this at the top of a ladder, and I'm like, "Did you forget about Beulah? And, and did you, you see that penthouse spread? Do you know how fine she is? Like, you should have <laughs> fucked these people up." Yeah, there was definitely no Beulah going like, "You did it, Tommy. You're the guy who avenged me." It was none of that. It was like, yeah. New Jack came out, fucked some shit up, played golf, played guitar, and got the win kind of and that's who the go home shot was of you but are yeah, left uh, with the picture of them all on the ladder but because new jack put him there yeah and you know what going back to spike dudley for a second you know what spike was spike was what ray mysterio became in wwe the giant killer like ray looked at spike and went can i copy your homework and spike was like yeah, yeah just change it a little bit <laughs> and, and win a world title doing it <laughs> yeah Unlike Spike, won a world title doing it. Spike came close against Mike Awesome, but that's later, guys. We'll get to that. <laughs> Gosh, that ma- he, but Mike Awesome killed Spike that matchup. But anyway, yeah, he kind of did. Dom, <laughs> thoughts on the main event? Even though we've been talking about it, overall. I mean, it, you took a lot of you took a lot of my notes. I'm amazed you can't read them because I, I was literally like, "Hey, you know, I didn't know Jim. Mol- I didn't remember Jim Molino really didn't like the stud muffin at that point." 
But I love that he actually helped Tommy put him on the top rope and put the chair in front of him and did the 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 drop kick to the face with the three of them. That was that was a great nice little highlight for the match. Yeah, no justice for Bulip Cope, but there should have been. I would have been holding up that sign next to Chris if I was in Ohio. <laughs> in fact, I was supposed to be in Ohio because I was dating a girl who was going to school, uh, who was going to college up near there, and we broke up right beforehand, and I sold my ticket. Oh man! Wait, so the show or to so- this to this fucking show? I'm so mad about it to this day. Damn, I'm still mad about it. But yeah, I mean, it, it was just it, it was a good match. But after everything we had seen leading up to it, it just didn't feel like a main event. Like you got to that moment and you're all hyped because you've been through how many matches that are just bangers. Yeah. And you get to that one and you see Sunset Flips and and No Justice for Beulah and Tommy eking out a win and then getting his ass kicked afterwards and, and it going, like Chris said, from Vengeance from, for Beulah to let's get New Jack over like he wasn't already. I, I didn't understand it. You could have started with this and then played the rest of the card out and left us with Bam Bam and Taz, and I'm a happy guy. This was the only downer outside of watching it with the redub shit. And when New Jack shows up, you get the in the ghetto music instead of Natural Born Killers. I'm going to sneak this in for our own benefit. Just real quick. Just real quick. Wow, right in the field. Right in the field. Okay. Yeah. I want to get us hit. But I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it. You, all those New Jack matches, you go back, you watch, and they're playing that goddamn weird, awful in the ghetto song redubbed over the over the actual footage. You're like, oh man, that's not what I need. I need that. <laughs> that song is pretty ass. Like I, I wanted to hear the actual song, so I actually went on YouTube and typed in WWE dubbed New Jack theme. Mm-hmm. Trash. <laughs> Kofi says way to dodge a bullet because Ohio is a piece of and then he just stops. That's classy I've, Kofi. I've spent some time in Ohio and I you know I I probably share that opinion from my few days there. I seen some things. He's like, I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe photographic imagery, you know, there's well documented travels through Ohio. I think I've played at least two or three shows there. I, I have yeah. quite like I have nothing but love for Ohio. Like, I just want to put that out there because oh, yeah, me too. Like, yeah, that on speaker, like okay. Chris, surprisingly, I, I just uh, want to clarify: Ohio was not. My I'd like problem. to go back. <laughs> Ohio was never my problem. The girl I was dating that ended up drunk at a frat party, cheating on me—that was the problem, not Ohio. That pissed me off, so I sold my tickets, plane ticket, tickets to ECW, the whole night. I had one for her too. I would have justice for Dom. Justice for Psycho. No, justice for Psycho is right there. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I moved on to bigger, better things, but that pissed me off back in the day. (laughs) I do not blame you. But uh, sorry, cool. Overall, like I, like I said, this quite possibly is. My favorite, well, 100% my favorite ECW show, but this might be my favorite, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Like, I yeah. fell There's right no back for me. to where I was at this time while I was re-watching this yesterday. 
And like, I remember it vividly. I, I watched this pay-per-view with my mom and my dad because my mom was just a big ECW fan as much as my dad. And I just remember like fucking falling in love with, this is actually the event that actually fell in love with Sabu as one of my favorite wrestlers, right? Really, um, even with everybody trying to top Sabu that night, you had Mike Awesome with the top rope thing. Then you had Lance hey, Storm with the same was, thing into the crowd. I was four years old. <laughs> I was drawn to who I was drawn to at the time. So, <laughs> Sabu top five was, rivalries in ECW. I need to be on that show, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, God. we did that. Like, I feel like we might have to do top ten for that one. But maybe. <laughs> Either way, I'll be there. I, I guarantee that one. And Coke still argues she was from Ohio. No, she was from Philly, and she went to school in Ohio. That was the thing. <laughs> Overall, though, I'm, I'm giving this show a very strong 4.5 out of 5. Really, really good shit. Very hard to think of a show in 98 that tops this, and I'm talking any promotion, including peak attitude error WWF. It's hard to top what ECW did on this night. That's just my opinion. Hmm. Dom, what's your score? Oh man, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to figure that out right now because I lost count of how many fucking matches we had. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to look it up real quick, and it's not where we had. We had six matches, not including the dark match, and I am going to give it four and five six. It would have been it would have been a straight up five if it wasn't for that main event. Mm. And it was a good. I main love event. the show. If it, it didn't have the story, that that's the only thing. Like I, I love the whole thing, top to bottom. It, it this is one of those. You know, you watch a pay per view, and even if it's great, after a while, like a few weeks, few months, you kind of forget about it unless there was like a match that stood out. But you never remember the whole pay per view. When somebody says to me. What pay-per-view do you want to go back and watch? Just period. Question mark. Whatever the fuck you want to put at the end. I say this one. Because I can remember vividly every match. And I'm like, I want to see it again. Even if I can remember everything that happened, I want to see it again. Leading up to this, when Mike announced it on Saturday, I watched this show three times. Wow. That's how much I fucking love it. I'm just going to give it a little bit off for the main event because there was no justice for Beulah. That was my only down. Ain't mad at you. Uh, Chris. I'm going to score it a little bit differently here. I'm going to say that it started with an eight and then went down to a 4.5. So whatever the average is between those two numbers uh, is what I would give this overall because it did deteriorate. Um, And I do think personally, the reason they put this match as the main event was they didn't want to have to pick up all the litter between it and what would be the main event. So they said, put the trash match last because we don't got enough time to feed up New Jack's mess and have the tab, the taboo. Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Taz and Taboo team up again. It's taboo, bro. <laughs> it happens, think, dude. Yeah. I think having the heavyweight title picture with Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow, obviously we know that eventually Taz went on versus Shane Douglas. We even had the very early FTW title sort of on the line in this. It's just kind of where it debuted. Um, should have been the main event. I just think it was a matter of logistics. I don't think they had the time to clean up the mess, and that's why they put that as the main event. Not my favorite ECW pay-per-view. May not be the worst. It may not be the first one I show people as an introduction to ECW. I'm going to go ahead and say the Guilty as Charged 99 is still my favorite for its own reasons. Like Dom said, I remember where I was. I remember the script. Yeah. I remember I remember the backstage. So 
Uh, That's a good show, too. We just haven't got there. But that was a good show. We got another year to go. So about in a year, I guess, we'll probably get around to it. So um, probably not the worst, but it definitely did get worse over the night. And it's very rare for ECW to do that because they do start with the comedy gimmick and then work its way up to the serious matters. Uh, This kind of went the opposite direction, in my opinion. (laughs) That's a good point. Like, very good point. Uh, Kofi Wiesa says, dope, your parents watch wrestling. Yeah, I hope you didn't get your ice. Yeah, I mean, I, I had different parents. Like, they, mm. they said I could stay up on a Monday night, school night, to 1 o'clock in the morning to catch ECW on the MSG Network. So. You know what you had? You had good parents. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love my parents. I might have been one of them. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it in one time. <laughs> so apparently some... <laughs> says that he's my father because we we love ECW together. So. <laughs> Kofi also says, "Damn, bad score because no justice for Beulah. Beulah needed no justice. justice, damn it." But I, I definitely love this show, and I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Dom. You know where to find you, bro. Oh, absolutely. Um, shit, you can find us on Twitter at Top Rope WT. You can search for us on Facebook. Just search Top Rope Wrestling Talk. Invite yourself to our group. You can find us at the two-time award-winning Instagram handle Worst Ever. And that's at Top underscore Rope underscore Wrestling underscore Talk. I'm not going to say who made it, but Bruce's middle name is underscore, so you do the math. Um, (laughs) And as far as audio podcast platforms and YouTube channel... Just go to wherever you watch and listen and search for the Rewind Wrestling Network. That's W-R-E, W-I-N-D, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Fuck Jeff Jarrett. Ain't I great? (laughs) Chris, let the people know where to find you, homie. Oh, man. Instagram, Chris Kennedy, Guitars, Circle of Debate with Mike every uh, Wednesday, Friday, and whatever day it is today. I have no idea. Um, Fate Destroyed, now known as FDS, is everywhere you listen to music. 47 just dropped music videos on YouTube. If you can't find us under FDS, check out Fate Destroyed. The transition is slow but sure. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, everywhere you listen to music. Check out 47. It's a banger, I hope. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. It's weird saying your own song is a banger. People I'll, seem say, to I'll say I've said it before on the show. He hasn't been here. This man is the real Ayatollah of rock and roller. Oh yeah, not Chris Jericho. You know <laughs> let's get let's get the people what they want. That's all you. Download the fucking song, people. Yeah, I was re- I was reaching for my lighter, and then I remembered I'm vaping. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, everybody, make sure you go support FDS, support Top Rope Wrestling Talk on the Rewind Wrestling Network, and make sure you hit the subscribe button here on the Circle of Debate. We have a big episode 130 tomorrow night. So you don't want to miss out on that wow. wrestling glory podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the circle debate. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of circle debate episodes. So a lot of content coming out of this channel. You don't want to miss out on any of it. So all the great debaters and the wrestling DeLorean, uh, the wrestling DeLorean passengers. Gosh, this fucking cold. 
I appreciate you all. I salute you all. Thank you so much. Once again, Chris, Dom, I appreciate you guys blessing the DeLorean again. Anytime. I can't wait to have you guys back on. Love you guys. Chris, I'll be seeing you tomorrow night on episode 130 of the Circle of Debate. So hope you guys have a good night. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everybody in the chat. Peace out, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.